0: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher.
1: Hi, this is Desi Jenikin. I'm very husky this week.
0: You're very sexy sounding this <laughs> yeah. week.
1: It's just real sexiness. It's not illness <laughs> at all. <laughs>
0: uh, welcome welcome back, Des. It's a new year. Happy New Year. You too. I
1: 2018. Woohoo. Hope... Woohoo. Everything will change. Mhm.
0: Um, well,
1: how this was your is... Christmas? <laughs>
0: my Christmas was good I went home to see my family in San Francisco I ate a lot Um, uh, I had a really good breakfast at my mom's house on Christmas morning yeah I'm just thinking about it because it was like what was it it was basically like bread pudding but Mm. for I made I
1: made that for Christmas too yeah it was like a cinnamon toast French toast but you bake it and you Ooh. marinate it overnight Ooh. in a custard. <sighs> it's really good.
0: Yeah, basically that's what I had on Christmas morning. That's good. Um, Where Jews. you celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Because why not? It's, it's a good holiday. It's a good holiday. It's like full of food and gifts. You don't have to
1: put the Christ in Christmas if you don't want to.
0: Well, we do not put the Christ in Christmas. We put the...
1: Were you grateful that you were able to say Merry Christmas again this year, Rachel? Oh, my God. I, I mean, was so been,
0: grateful. Like, cause, you know, <clears throat> it's
1: been a war on Christmas, and I will tell you, it's been uh, a devastating, thank God we have someone in charge who was brave enough to finally <laughs> let that happen again. I agree. Praise Jesus. <laughs> um. So do we have any updates?
0: Uh, we had a bunch. I say, of-
1: <laughs> knowingly. <laughs> yes we do have some updates we
0: do have some updates and the updates are that we had a bunch of patreon contributors over the holiday break to which i was uh very oh shit is it not recording no it's recording okay good it's recording i got scared
1: because you said oh shit i said
0: oh shit because the um the headphones came out for a second oh yeah yeah um yeah i we do have a lot of
1: new patreons and should i uh thank these people please okay um, so I'm trying to think where we left off, but, uh, I'm going to start here on the 21st cause that seems about when our yeah. last show was. Yeah. Okay. We have Michael, we have Kay Wallace, Sasha lip gloss, Sasha. I really like that. name. <laughs> That's a really good name. Amy. Thank you. Lauren, Carolyn, Mitchell, Rosemary, Louise and Alvina is the last, uh, pledge. Uh, last but not least thank you guys thank it's you so guys awesome. so much it Really helps us yeah as we said before and i think we've almost reached our first goal we have uh, so we'll be doing a poll soon about uh what the next they'll pick the the listeners yeah. will pick the top the listeners
0: are going to get to pick our next show once we reach five hundred dollars uh for our patreon yeah Which so that will be cool there. and then
1: we'll come up with a new goal and a new Reward. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. And then we've
1: also had a lot of new people join our Facebook um, group. Right. That's really a fun group.
0: I really like it.
1: I'm going to try to post more in the new year, but I've been sick for two weeks. so
0: That's why Desi sounds so husky right now. Right.
1: I have been sick for two weeks, so I'm in absolute misery, but I'm still doing the show because I'm a fucking hard worker. <laughs>
0: Desi has an incredible work ethic. Yeah, I'm very... She has her sexy glasses on yeah, right now. I do.
1: I'm completely in research mode. Sexy, re- you know? Sexy research. True crime doesn't stop just because I get sick. <laughs> um, So we did have an update. Did you look into that? We, I, I think on our last show, we were talking about um, the Jenny Jones murder. Right. And what kind of goes into play when you're dealing with guests who might have problems right right well we we also
0: mentioned the dr phil show uh during the last half of that episode and i am in the camp who is suspicious and sort of skeptical of like airing out your group therapy for television Right. Or any kind of like rehab show. I feel like...
1: I definitely don't think it's good for them, but I do enjoy watching it. Of course. Like it's like a a tricky... I do know it's probably wrong.
0: I have a lot of feelings about it. And um, I think most of the time it's not used with the intent of really helping people, more just to capitalize on pain. I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know,
1: thinking going on with these people where they do think they're doing good
0: Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? some like, mental gymnastics yeah, happening. Yeah, there's definitely
1: some mental gymnastics happening, I think.
0: But it was revealed they this week. There was a news story that the Dr. Phil show specifically, which is the show that I was uh, coming down hard on right. last week or a couple weeks ago, was they were actually providing alcohol to their guests who were there for drug and alcoholism. Right.
1: And that's kind of something that the Jenny Jones show did too. Didn't they, they apply get them, them Well, they were alcohol. like,
0: hey, we have a... Free bar tab. Have some tequila. Yeah. Loosen up before the show. And basically that's what the Dr. Phil show was doing too. Of course they denied it. Um, they also used the excuse, well, alcoholics and drug addicts are unreliable witnesses.
1: Right. Which is true. Which probably. is true. But you can't use that for your own bad, bad behavior. Yeah. Right? I mean. Um, so yeah. So basically the Dr. Phil show was pretty much doing that.
0: Yeah. They were shady just as I suspected dun dunnt. dun 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 that's <laughs> the gavel, we'll put it in. Um, okay, and
1: then we did see something, I can't remember the exact story. Um, there was a state, I think it was Illinois, it was Illinois. that was um, going to eliminate using the gay panic uh, as an excuse for um, murder. murder, which is great.
0: Which is great, and also sad when you realize that there's only two states in the country currently that have that law. It's Illinois and California Oh
1: really? Yeah. So most states, that's still a viable. You defense. can still
0: use the gay panic defense, which is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. So so, but congrats to Illinois for being being on the right side of history. Right. Um, okay, so
1: then I guess that's all. That's all our updates. That's all the updates. We yeah. Have right now. Um, okay, so today I am going to talk to you, Rachel and listeners, about an insane case. Um, It's the serial killer, Rodney James Alcala, who is also known as the dating game killer. Do you know about him?
0: I know that there was a murder about the dating game. I don't know the details of this case, and I'm very excited to hear about it.
1: Um, Well, um, Rodney, it's actually kind of surprising. I mean, I did hear about him. I think it was in 2010 when he was on trial again. I'll get into that later. And he was, they had the clip of the dating game show that he was on. and We'll post that somewhere. Uh, So that was kind of where I first heard about him also. And I think that was, as I said, 2010. Um, The interesting thing to me about him is that he is a pretty prolific serial killer. Yeah. But he's hardly ever mentioned, like, with the heavy hitters or the big, big names. He's not
0: a a household name at all.
1: No, um, he's often compared to Ted Bundy and... Uh, several people involved in the case referred to him as like a killing machine. Yeah, um, he had a lot of tar- um, similarities with Ted Bundy. Actually, uh, some of them uh, he they both targeted women and sometimes children. Both have killed in multiple states across the country. Um, both killed their victims either by strangling them or with blunt force. And for both of them, the last known victim that they, they murdered were both 12-year-old um, girls. Wow. So they have some similarities, and they were both had that kind of sociopathic, charming... Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the charming fuckboy The fuck charming fuckboy, fuck and both
1: were kind of good-looking, right. even though I don't
0: personally find them good-looking. Good good-looking for a serial killer. Uh, uh, uh,
1: both of them had that charm and good looks that were... Uh, Rodney was in particularly very, like, 70s. Like, he seems like someone my mom probably would have fucked.
0: Did he have feathered hair?
1: He had that kind of longish... I don't know if it was feathered, but it was wavy. Yeah. You know. Like uh, a Peter Frampton. Right. And when he's in trial as an older man, his hair is hilariously bad. Okay. Uh, just cool. like crunchy gray. Love it. We're yeah. gonna post okay. pictures. Okay, we'll post bonafix. Um, anyways, the other thing about Alcala is that he did the whole luring women in with the photography. He was a professional photography oh, right. who uh did this kind of thing. You could um, be a model. Yes. Uh, so as I said before, he, he's not as big of a name as far as serial killer goes, but he was quite prolific and he, he killed over a very long period of time. Uh, he was also really sadistic, like kind of similar to the hillside stranglers. Um, he didn't just kill his victims. He would like play around with them, toy with them, strangle them to the point of unconsciousness and then wait for them to re- revive, uh, before killing them. And sometimes he would let that go on uh, several times, which was very similar to like Angelo Bono, right? where they would kind of torture their victims yeah. for a long period of time before actually killing them. Uh, okay. So that's sort of a little bit of the background. And now I'm going to get into his early life because we all want to know about the childhood of... Uh,
0: I love hearing about the early lives.
1: Uh, he had some um, some interesting things. Okay. So he was actually born Rodrigo Jacques Alcala Bucor in San Antonio, Texas um, to Raul Bucor and Ana Maria Gutierrez. Um, In 1951, the father moved the family to Mexico, actually, but he kind of ditched the family there three years after moving to Mexico. And then the mom moved Rodney and his siblings to uh, Los Angeles. He joined the army in 1960 at the age of 17, um, in 1964, he actually had a nervous breakdown while in the army, and he went AWOL. He hitchhiked from Fort Bragg back to his mom's home, and he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder by a medical uh, by a um, military psychiatrist. And he was eventually j- discharged on um, medical grounds because he was crazy. Um, he actually was diagnosed with several other things by psychiatric experts over over the period of his life including during his trials including surprise narcissistic personality disorder borderline personality disorder and a homicide expert named vernon geberth diagnosed him with malignant narcissistic personality disorder with psychopathy and sexual sadism comorbidities, which i don't know what that means tell me I'm I have no idea I'm white trash uh so he had a lot of uh issues he actually had a very high IQ though which I think is also kind of common with a lot of killers yeah like they're uh insane but they have they're smart which is probably something you need uh to get away with stuff like this for a long extended period of time or at least the confidence of smartness where you think you can uh trick everybody right there's like some kind of those
0: are the worst people
1: uh yeah. So he did eventually, I, I, I did see like a rep, most reports I saw that he had an IQ of 130,
0: which is very high. And then I did see
1: one that said 160. So somewhere in that range,
0: right? I feel like we need to abolish IQ as a standard for smartness, for intelligence.
1: Well, I don't think it should be the only standard, but it is definitely something It's always you can like grade. math
0: questions, and I'm terrible at math
1: basically rachel has a low iq and she wants us to change the rules i'm just kidding no i'm bad at math too Or actually it's not that i'm bad but i just don't care right like I, if i've taken those tests i'm like oh what am i fucking doing i don't care like what right. my iq is right I, i'm not sitting here doing boring math
0: i don't know what my iq is i think i got an iq test when i was like 16 but i don't remember what it was i
1: think my iq is very high but it's not high and it's I, I could do math but i don't fucking care so yeah. I'm not taking an IQ. I'm sure I'm smarter than the serial killer. Come on. Uh, he did go to UCLA School of Fine Arts. Um, so I don't know. UCLA. Good job. Great job. <laughs> Letting in a serial killer. He's artistic. Uh, so he did um, eventually kind of develop a style I think I mentioned the the torturing and the choking. He did a lot of things um, that were considered his signature style, which is a weird thing to describe someone's killing and not like their outfits. Right. But he did things like beating, biting, raping, strangling. I mentioned the choking the, to the point of unconsciousness right. and back and forth. Um, and that actually started with his first victim who was named Tally Shapiro and she was an eight year old girl that he lured into his apartment in 1968. So this is his first known victim, an eight year old girl. And he lured her in with the photography, um,
0: an eight year old, an eight
1: year old. So this isn't obviously not modeling, but like, Hey, like,
0: let me take your picture. Let me take your picture.
1: Um, whatever. Uh, so The interesting thing about this case, and I actually... There's a movie I was watching on... um, What's it called? Discovery ID? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you about that at the end. And it opens up with this scene. Um, He, uh, you know, gets this little girl. He uh, is seen taking her into the apartment by a motorist who um, actually calls police while he sees this guy taking... So it's like this smart motorist. I mean, this is 1968. So you don't have a cell phone. You have to go to a real effort to call the police here in this situation. So um, he lures this eight-year-old girl named Tali Shapiro into his apartment. Luckily, this motorist sees it and finds it suspicious and calls police. Uh, The police show up at some point bursting into the door, and they find her barely alive. She had been raped, beaten, and beaten with a steel bar, but Alcala had fled by the time the police came. Wow. So I don't know if he heard the police come and then left at that moment or what. Um, So obviously this is a huge deal. I mean, we all know a little white girl getting near murdered and beaten and raped is going to be a huge uh, manhunt for this uh, perpetrator. Um, But Alcala actually evaded arrest. Um, He left state and enrolled in NYU film school where he studied under... This is amazing. Roman Polanski.
0: No shit. Yeah,
1: Um, Roman Polanski is actually the one who taught Alcala how to use the camera that he later used for his fashion photography. Um, And I'm going to talk more about these pictures at the end.
0: Let me just do a little aside. Uh, 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 There's like the famous joke "If only Hitler had gotten into art school. Right. Well, this guy did get into art school. And it's still and he still was a piece of shit. So there's that goes out the window.
1: Um, so he actually, um, applied to NYU under the, um, alias or whatever named, uh, John Berger. So it's B E R G E R. Um, I'm amazed how many good schools he got into. Was it just way easier to get into like UCLA and NYU back then? Like, how do you just move to New York and be like, Hey, I'm going to go to NYU now and study under Roman Polanski. Cause it's like nowadays getting into college is so fucking hard. So, this is a person who's on the run. He also uh this is 1971 at this point. He got a job uh at a New Hampshire New Hampshire arts camp for kids. Um and he Great. had a diff- slightly different uh alias, John Burger, spelled like the ham- hamburger, so he switched it up a bit for some reason. Um it was during this period in 1971 June that uh, a woman named Cornelia Michael Criley A 23-year-old TWA flight attendant was found raped and strangled in her Manhattan apartment. Now, this murder went unsolved until uh, it was connected to Rodney Alcala in 2011. So he did it at this time, but no one knew. It was an unsolved case for uh, many years. And I'm going to touch on that a bit later on. Um, At this point, he was... Uh, identified as the person who attacked Tali Shapiro. Yeah. And he was added to the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitive list in early 1971. It was actually uh, two kids who attended the arts camp who turned him in. They noticed wow. his picture on the poster in the um, post office. Yeah. Uh, and they fucking turned him in like little badass uh, girls. So he was extradited back to California. Unfortunately, Tali Shapiro's parents had relocated the family by that point to Mexico, actually, and they didn't want her to testify at his trial, Um, which is probably understandable, but frustrating because she's a little girl still. She's probably only 13 at this point. You don't want to put her through that trauma. Um, Because of that, though, unfortunately, they were unable to convict him of rape and attempted murder because they didn't have their primary witness. And uh, he pled guilty to a lesser charge of assault. Um, Back in this time, uh, there was something called indeterminate sentencing, which was something that allowed people to get released on kind of good behavior or demonstrating that they had been rehabilitated. And this was often used for sex crimes, which is insane to me because, I I mean, obviously we don't do this anymore. So he ended up only serving... um, 17 months in prison for this attempted ra- uh, murder and rape wow. of this uh, eight-year-old girl. Uh, in 1974, he was released. Um, and less than two months after he was released, he was rearrested for assaulting a 13-year-old girl who was identified as Julie J in the court records. Um, He supposedly, or allegedly, or I guess he was convicted, I don't know, forced her to smoke marijuana and kissed her. Um, And he was also obviously violating his parole. Uh, So he was sentenced to two more years of indeterminate, indeterminate sentencing so once again he got the indeterminate sentencing and was released after two years wow. for showing that he had been rehabilitated but it's like haven't you already proven he hasn't that you haven't if you're like arrested two months after that's not rehabilitated right like,
0: this is a pattern
1: yeah so after that release he his parole officer let him leave the state uh to travel to new york city for some reason even though he had already shown that he was sort of a flight risk based on the fact that he left after the initial crime with Tali. Uh, A week after arriving in Manhattan, he killed a woman named Ellen Jane Hover, who was 23 years old. She was actually the daughter of um, the owner of Hollywood nightclub Zeroes.
0: Oh, didn't we do, didn't we talk about Ciro's being haunted? Yeah,
1: yeah, we did in that uh, bonus episode, or I can't remember. Mini episode. Yeah, mini, uh uh-huh. She was actually the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. So this is like a socialite, highly connected, rich, young woman. And he murdered her. Mm -hmm. Her remains were actually buried on the Rockefeller estate in Westchester County, which is just north of uh, Manhattan, a very rich, Rich uh, rich area. Yeah. Her date book actually showed that she had a meeting with John Berger um, on the night that she disappeared. Uh, When Alcala actually went back to LA and he got a job as a typesetter for the Los Angeles Times, the police, uh, the FBI had connected him to his old um, alias and they questioned him about um, Ellen's death. He confessed to knowing her, but denied committing the murder. And at that point, her body hadn't been found yet, so they let him go. So basically, she was a missing person. They had the date book with his name in it, and they questioned him. But because there was no body, there was nothing to be done at that point. Um, In 1978, uh, Alcala was actually also interviewed by members of the Hillside Strangler Task Force as part of their investigation. They were inve- they were questioning known sex offenders. If, uh, he
0: was, if he was the Hillside Strangler. Right, so they
1: questioned him in that case wow. also. Uh, and He was obviously ruled out um, as the Hillside Strangler, but he was arrested and served a brief sentence for marijuana possession. So I guess when they went to question him, they found pot on him, uh, et cetera. Okay, so um, at this point... He has murdered um, at least a few women. Mm-hmm. He has the known criminal record with uh, the two young girls, then the thirteen-year-old and the eight-year-old. Um, he served over thirty-four months in prison for rape and beating. Um, he was been he has been on the FBI's most wanted list, and he gets selected to be a bachelor on the dating game Jesus. show. Uh, he was tall and handsome and charming, as we've kind of mentioned before. And I guess the producers at that time didn't do things like background checks because right. this this isn't someone who was doing this shit and hadn't been caught. He has a record. I mean, you're one of the 10, like on the FBI 10 most wanted list is a pretty big deal. You'd think that you wouldn't be put on a, a game show.
0: I find it so outrageous that the producers were that fucking dense
1: I mean, they, it's pretty
0: amazing.
1: It's pretty amazing. I think when I initially heard that he was on the dating game, I just assumed no one knew. Like, I didn't realize he had this huge, extensive about this criminal case. record already. I mean, he hadn't been convicted of murder yet, but certainly rape and like assault. attempted murder and assault on should the be FBI's enough, right?
0: Wanted list.
1: Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty so was amazing. He still going
0: by John Berger?
1: No, he went on as his his name, his real name. Onto the dating game uh, show, so this is in 1978. Uh, he's on the show, The Dating Game, which is like a hilariously campy. Did you ever watch that show? I I've mean, seen episodes of yeah.
0: before, and I rem- and in the mid 90s when they get singled out, it was kind of similar.
1: Yeah, it's very campy and lots of sexual innuendo and like
0: it's so 70s. It's really
1: goofy. Yeah. Uh, the host of the show is named Jim Lang. and he introduced Alcala as A successful photographer who got his start, oh, sorry, who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of 13, fully developed. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. Um, Another one of the uh, bachelors on the show with Alcala, he was bachelor number two, and his name uh, was Jed Mills. He's an actor. He described Alcala as a very strange guy with bizarre opinions. And Ocala really hammed it up on this show. He kind of would respond to the bachelorette's suggestive questions. The questions are always kind of like, you know, kind of trying to elicit some kind of funny, sexually There's inappropriate. There's like dick
0: in you, I know. Right.
1: And he likened himself to a banana at one point and said that nighttime is when he gets really good. Uh, and he acted at some point acted out the part of a dirty old man. Which is all kind of creepy after the fact. In hindsight, it's very creepy. Um, So Alcala was bachelor number one and Jed Mills, the bachelor number two, he goes on to say, he was a really creepy guy, a real idiot. This creep comes up to me and puts his face practically in my face and says, I always get the girl. Gross. I love how like Jed Mills, it's like, even though this is a serial killer, a part of him is probably still mad he lost or something. He's like, can you imagine losing to a serial killer? Like, I'm a good guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like the ultimate like, Right, uh, it's and the then, ultimate.
0: Why don't the girls? Yeah, like why the don't the nice girls like guys? the nice guy?
1: They never pick me. Uh, when I think about what he said, I always get my girl. He kills them. That was what he was talking about, but he's not telling us that. Obviously, it's like, okay, Jed, calm down. <laughs> uh, Jed also had this to say about Rodney. Rodney was kind of quiet. I remember him because I told my brother about this one guy who was kind of good looking but kind of creepy. He was always looking down and not making eye eye contact. Um, he, he became very unlikable and rude at some point and imposing as though he was trying to intimidate. I wound up not liking the guy, not wanting to be near him. He got creepier and more negative. He was a standout creepy guy in my life. Jed seems to be really like rolling with this 15 minutes of fame.
0: Also, <laughs> I feel like 50% of me probably, um, Jed probably never even gave him a second thought back then right but after on, the
1: fact he's like oh yeah i'm gonna he's find like, yeah he
0: was really creepy i remember and let me tell you why i remember like he has because his stuff is like his um
1: they're not very specific details right uh the woman who did pick him picked uh rodney was named cheryl uh, Bradshaw. so he won
0: the dating he game.
1: won the dating game uh he said to her apparently after the show i guess backstage we're gonna have a great time together cheryl <laughs> i'm sorry uh But Cheryl actually refused to go out with Rodney. She found him really creepy, and she said that when they were backstage talking, uh, this is a quote from her, I started to feel ill. He was acting really creepy.
0: Beauty should be good for you, and that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood.
1: I turned down his offer. I didn't want to see him again.
0: How did she not sense his creepiness? I wonder, I mean... I
1: Well, I wonder if he's on the show, he's kind of putting on an act. Totally
0: probably put on an act. Uh,
1: And then when it comes to actually going on a date with him, but he must have been pretty creepy, right? I mean...
0: For her to not even go on the date with him. Right. For them to just be having that brief moment together. Okay. So
1: there's a criminal profiler named Pat Brown who actually feels like um, the dating game appearance and the rejection of Carrie... um, I almost said Carrie Bradshaw. Cheryl Bradshaw... Um, might have been an exasperating factor because he does kill much more after this appearance. Yeah. According to Brown, one wonders what that did in his mind. That is something he would not take too well. well serial killers don't understand rejection. They think that something is wrong with that girl. She played me. She played hard to get. Uh, So he's, uh, according to Pat Brown, who I think is a woman actually, you know, this might have triggered him to just to kind of kill more and prove he's sort of in charge and um, uh,
0: women
1: I mean, women aren't going to own him, but I, I feel like he would have killed anyway. I, I don't know. I think he would have
0: killed anyway and I think that it's not uncommon for serial killers to ramp up and to escalate no matter what is going on in their lives. That just seems like a very common serial killer. Right. Sort of.
1: And clearly this is a very brazen move to go on a nationally like he's a hugely popular game show at the time to go and and it's like dating related with women to go on that show while you know you're in the middle of killing all these women i mean it's insane to me and we've
0: talked together before about how narcissistic types it's unbelievable the the level of like lack of self-awareness can sometimes be so
1: well, they like believe Incredible. all their own. BS. They believe all their own shit. I mean, I don't, I don't know that this is in the same on the same level as Ted Bundy kind of killing the women who looked like that girl who rejected him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh,
0: or sometimes there's a mother connection, <laughs> right? Where they're trying to avenge. Although I'm ways sure, it, their moms I'm sure it, it infuriated
1: them. him, and maybe it did kind of get him back into the groove. In I some personally way. think yeah. he
0: would have killed no matter what, but I don't I do. doubt that maybe it escalated it. Though. I don't doubt that that wasn't already just built into his personality because that is, that is the profile. He fits the profile of the narcissistic sociopath, right. violent guy. Right. Um, okay. Well,
1: uh, anyways, the last I'd mentioned before that, um, his last known victim was a 12 year old girl. Yeah, earlier uh, as sort of like a similarity to Ted Bundy uh that seven that 12 year old girl's name was Robin Samso now um this took place in Huntington Beach which is kind of um uh, it's I don't know about an hour it's like an hour south, south of here yeah it's, it's like, like a pretty nice is, beach town like very nice. uh uh anyways he approached Robin and her friends on the beach that day to get them to take pictures in their swimsuits. Uh, now these girls all were kind of talking to him and he was actually chased away by a neighbor. He was seen the previous day trying to convince another set of teenage girls to to uh, take pictures by giving them marijuana. So he's kind of like lurking around yeah. this little beach town trying to pick up teenage girls. Like all normal uh, good men. No, <laughs> um, at some point um, after he met these girls on the beach, Robin had to go to ballet class and she um, rode a bike. I, I think she actually borrowed a friend's bike to rush to ballet class. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 days later, her body was found in the Pasadena foothills of the Sierra Madre like a very forested area.
0: So way far away from Huntington Beach. Way far
1: away, yeah. Um, Her body had been ravaged by animals, so it was really hard to identify her. I think Mm -hmm. she was actually found sooner than 12 days, but that's how long it took for them to be able to say to the mom, this is your is your daughter. Uh, Her mom's name is Marianne Connolly, and uh, this is some quotes from Marianne about what happened in this period after um, Robin disappeared. Uh, She said, I called the police and said my daughter's missing. They told me that they couldn't take a report for 24 hours. By the next morning, they declared it a kidnapping. As I mentioned, 12 days later, her decomposed remains were found and had been just completely decimated by animals um Connolly goes on to say that authorities finally arrived at her house the sergeant says we found Robin i grabbed my purse and said okay let's go he said where do you think you're going i said i have to go see robin uh the sergeant told her that she wouldn't be able to identify the body because it took 3 days to identify her remains i got so mad recalls connolly i said 3 days how many little girls with long blonde hair disappear in california And he said there was no hair. Uh, Connolly, according to Connolly, she when she speaks of Alcala, he's the devil himself. The devil himself. So I mean, that's just so sad. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to think. I mean, I know it's just the body, and it's not the person, but it's probably nice to get this closure and to see. You know what I mean? But you don't want to see this horrible, torn apart. No, but she can't
0: even see she can't even say goodbye to the body or have an open casket if that's right. something if she that wants she wanted. to do. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: just it's sad. It's fucked up. Uh, so the good thing was that there was the witnesses, Samso's friends. Um, and
0: and that's pretty brazen in and of itself, too.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, and they were able to describe him and get um, a police sketch done yeah. that was very accurate. Um, Alcala's Former parole officer actually recognized him in this police sketch, so that's how good it was. Um, Based on that, they went to search Alcala's mom's home, which was in um, Monterey Park at the time. In that search, the police found a rental receipt for a storage locker in Seattle. When they checked this storage locker, they found um, hundreds of photographs of mostly, um, young girls, either nude or dressed in, uh, swim, swimsuits. Um, Alcala himself was in some of the pictures. The locker also contained, um, a pair of earrings, which belonged to Samso. So it was like a trophy he had put in this locker, uh, in Washington. Um, another pair of earrings that was, seemed to be like something he took from his victims there was another pair of earrings that had the dna of a woman named charlotte lamb who was 31 year old and was killed in her apartment building laundry room in el segundo in 1978 i mean during this period throughout the 70s as i've mentioned uh before he he did this thing where he was taking uh professional fashion photography and he would sell himself uh this way to to potential victims yeah uh, so there was hundreds of pictures of women and some young men uh, in this photo kind of treasure trove of photos that they found in this locker. Uh, he also had like a portfolio that he would show his co-workers when he worked at the L.A. Times. It was kind of reminding me a bit of um, the Bob Crane where he's like proudly showing he's these proud pictures and people are like... um Dude, I don't want to see these that. These are really sexually explicit. Like there was nudes.
0: And they um, were... Uh, Was he showing pictures of underage girls? I think he
1: didn't show the underage girl pictures. Um, According to one of his um, co-workers at the LA Times, I thought it was weird, but I was young. I didn't know anything. When I asked why he took the photos, he said their moms asked him to. So maybe they were some of the young girls.
0: So he was also being sexually harassing his co-workers too. I guess, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I, I consider that sexual harassment. Exactly.
1: Uh, I remember the girls were naked. He said he was professional, so in my mind I was... Uh, being a model for him, another woman who was photographed by him said, the portfolio included spread after spread of naked teenage boys as well. And as I mentioned before, the photos were all kind of sexually explicit. So it's just another like nervy thing that you would show people this as if it's a completely normal hobby. Yeah, the gall of this guy. Um, So after finding this uh, stuff obviously they have enough evidence to arrest him and he was arrested in late 1979 held without bell uh and was eventually tried in 1980 convicted and sentenced to death for samso's murder the verdict was overturned though wow uh, because jurors had been informed of his prior sex crimes um so
0: that wasn't admissible in the case
1: no and that's like always very that's infuriating insane. to me because it's like we all know sexual sexual crimes in particular yeah. are chronic. Like, this is someone who's doing it.
0: This is a pattern of behavior. This is right. something that...
1: I always find it so infuriating that that stuff is not admissible. It's like, how could that not be something you need to know? You like, oh, he's know. done this before numerous times. Like,
0: That's infuriating.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I get that maybe once in a blue moon, there's someone who stops. But like... And they shouldn't be convicted because they had. But why can't that be part of the evidence? Like jurors are supposed to navigate evidence and not convict based on one. You know what I mean? To me
0: that says it all. If somebody has a history of sexual violence, they're probably not going to stop. Right.
1: But that could be why they don't want to admit it. Because then you would be like, oh, they probably did it. And not based on what happened in that case.
0: Right, you might
1: be saying, "Oh, obviously he did it, even if the evidence doesn't." Prove I just it. don't get. In it. this case, though, the evidence was compelling, regardless of the um, uh, past convictions. The convictions, sorry.
0: Well, it also fits the profile of this guy right. too in his motives. So he was tried again in
1: 1986. That's uh, a long ass
0: time. Was he not in jail? He
1: was in jail all this time. Oh, he was still yeah. in jail. Okay. So he. Um, well, there probably was the conviction, and then by the time it was overturned, might have been a few years. I don't have like the exact timeline, right? But he wasn't released from prison. Okay. Uh, he was convicted again and sentenced to death. This time, it was overturned for another reason. Shut up. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the one that all the conservatives hate because they're super liberal, and it is frustrating. But he was um, at some point. Uh, The park ranger who found uh, Samso's body had been hypnotized by police investigators. What? Um, And I guess the trial judge did not allow a witness to back up the defense's claim that the um, park ranger who found her body had been hypnotized. And I guess that that's not allowed. And they weren't allowed to like bring in defense of why that maybe was negative, negatively affecting him. So that was I kind of was reading a lot. I couldn't quite figure out what was wrong with that, but maybe finding out information under hypnosis is not
0: like it's coerced. Solid, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. So, while obviously he's going on trial again. They're not letting him off, right? Good. So, um, while preparing for the third trial in two thousand and three, there was a new state law. Wait, the
0: third trial wasn't wasn't until two thousand and three. Yeah. Damn.
1: Uh, there was a new state law at this time, though, uh, that allowed them to test his DNA against unsolved murder cases that kind of fit the profile. Yeah, um, semen had been left at several rape murder scenes in Los Angeles, in particular of two women. Uh, there was another cold case DNA match in two thousand and four. Uh, so by the time he went back on trial for the third time, four additional women had been added to the case like cold cases cold cases so he had four additional women that were considered his victims at that point uh so one was jill Barcom, 18 a new york runaway who was found up in a los angeles ravine in 1977 um she was actually originally thought to be a victim of the hillside strangler uh, and it was him. So he was kind of connected to that case in a yeah. weird way. Uh, Georgia Wickstead, who was 27, and she was bludgeoned to death in her Malibu apartment in 1977. I mentioned before Charlotte Lamb, who mm-hmm. was 31, raped, strangled, uh, in the laundry room of her El Segundo apartment complex. And then Jill Parento, 21, who was killed in a Burbank apartment in 1975. I mean, 1979. All of the bodies were posed in carefully chosen positions. So they were just really connected um, and they were all added to his um, case. Uh, So during his incarceration between the second and third trials, Alcala actually wrote and self-published a book called You, Comma the Jury, uh, where he proclaims his innocence in the Samso case and suggests different suspects um, he also had filed lawsuits against the California penal system for, um, an incident that happened where he got injured, slipping and falling in prison and also for refusing to provide him with a low fat diet.
0: Oh, shut the fuck up. You know. it's, I mean, I feel
1: like prison food is pretty carb heavy, I mean, but yeah, Jer- have, Subway Jared,
0: Subway Jared gained, he didn't seem to he care, he gained a lot of weight. He's like, finally,
1: <laughs> I can fill my pants out again. <laughs> So, uh, as I mentioned before, in 2010, that was the start of the th- the third trial, and yeah. that's probably where I first heard of um, Rodney Alcala. Okay. Uh, because it was a pretty big story in LA yeah. at the time, uh, and then they were really pushing that dating game uh, connection. Right. So that was that's my first memory, and I, I do remember thinking like, who is this guy? Like, I've never heard
0: this case. I mean, it is eerie to have someone who's a serial killer.
1: I think also at that time, it's like the internet and social media. Everyone's like playing this clip. It was like real clickbait, right? That's what I'm saying. Dating
0: game. You don't, there isn't a ton of footage. I mean, like that kind of footage where it's, I I mean, I don't know of many or any instances now that I think about it of footage of a serial killer that isn't connected to them doing either an interview (sighs) while they're in prison right. or or trial footage. But I feel
1: like this was probably the first time a lot of people saw that clip of this guy. Right. You know, because you might have seen like a news, a bit on the news, but to be able to watch it all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. it's
0: It's super eerie to watch this clip, which has... Is not connected to his him being a murderer. It's not like a trial clip. It's just like this, like happy go lucky, cheesy seventies dating game. Well, there was
1: like another story that I kept seeing pop up when I was researching this one. We should probably do at some point. And he was a game show. He's called like the Game Show Killer. Yeah, he was on a popular game show. Uh, So it is weird to kind of see them on these, just doing these dorky ass. Yeah. uh Uh, Oh, by
0: the way, I uh, Google imaged him. Rodney Alcala? He's so stupid looking. Like now he's there's so There's like a stupid. lot of different
1: looks though because he has short hair and a mustache now. Like uh, the last thing I saw of him in prison.
0: Okay, but there's also this picture of him uh, like that's the, pretty recently with like these gray Kenny G ringlets. Oh yeah, he has got the Kenny G. It's like G. salt and pepper He looks like a Marin
1: County like hippie woman with that like <laughs> kind of like gray. Like <laughs> totally. they don't dye their hair. Um, so... In 2010, 31 years after SAMSO's murder, the third child was held, trial was held. Um, Orange County senior deputy district attorney Matt Murphy said in an interview with the LA Weekly: the 70s in California was insane as far as treatment of sexual predators. Rodney Alcala is a poster boy for this. It's a total comedy of outrageous stupidity, stupidity. And I think that's a lot what we were talking about earlier, this like letting them out for rehabilitation. So luckily yeah. those things have changed. Yes. It's insane to me that that was ever even considered a good idea because what other crime gets that kind of treatment? And why would sex crimes of all, you know, things be it's, treated
0: that way? I mean, I th- I'd like to think, you know, we do know we do know more right now. That um, just
1: seems like a no brainer to me, though.
0: Right. Like, I mean, why would you
1: let them out? Um, Tony Rakakis, who was the Orange County uh, DA at the time, called Alcala the poster child for the death penalty.
0: He's the poster child for needs a deep conditioner, if you look yeah. at his ringlets. Like, there's a picture of him it's where totally, they look pretty fried. It's
1: very crunchy. Um, So I think I I, I mentioned already the four, the four victims now are going to be added to this case. Um, and uh, in the third trial, another big change is that Alcala um, acted as his own attorney.
0: What a god! This guy, uh, uh, this guy just keeps topping. Well, that's also the very similar
1: of- to Ted Bundy because he did that, right? Yeah, he in did. His last trial, uh, but so, this just
0: is such a testament to him thinking how smart it's arrogant. He is. He's, he's arrogant. He's such an arrogant narcissist.
1: Um, so he took the stand in his own defense. And for four, for uh, five hours, he did the role of witness and interrogator, asking himself questions, and he even would address himself as Mr. Alcala in a deeper than normal voice. Gross. So he even did like this little gimmicky um, Mr. Alcala. <laughs> he's just like so stupid. Like, what was he running back and forth to? Like he's like putting behind on a hat table. and stuff. Yeah, putting on like a mustache. Yeah, super fun. um, According to everyone who witnessed this, and I would love to find some clips of this, it was like a really bizarre. This questioning and answering session was beyond theatrical. Like I need theatrical. to find that clip. Yeah. Uh, he rambled on in a monotone. He said he claimed that he was at Knott's Farm applying for a job as a photographer during the time of uh, Robin uh, Samso's kidnapping and murder, which is like, dude, can you stop bringing up the photography? <laughs> like, you idiot. Yeah. He showed... He actually showed the jury his um, appearance on the dating game, uh, and that was an attempt to prove that the earrings found in the locker were his and not Samson's. He wasn't wearing earrings
0: on the dating game. Right.
1: Uh, Jed Mills comes back into play here, um, and he told reporters at the time that earrings in 1978 weren't socially acceptable yet for men, which I don't know is necessarily true he said, I had never seen a man with an earring in his ear and I would have noticed them on Rodney, uh, if he had been wearing them. Uh, Rodney actually made no attempts at disputing the four additional charges other, uh, than saying he didn't remember killing any of the women, which is like an amazingly blasé. Right. I don't recall. I don't remember How that. do you not remember? Like it's either a yes or no. Right. Right. Um, in his closing arguments, he played Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. What uh, the fuck is wrong in with this guy? In that song, the protagonist tells a psychiatrist that he wants to kill. Okay, I mean, this guy is insane, right? Uh, after less than two days' deliberation, the jury convicted him on all five counts of first-degree murder. There was a surprise witness during the penalty phase of the trial, and that was Tally Shapiro, um, Alcala's first known victim, the eight year old girl, he left um for dead basically after beating and raping her. Uh, and she kind of acted as a witness for justice for the victims who obviously couldn't be there because they didn't survive. To
0: basically cooperate. Uh, yes, <clears throat> this guy. And
1: it was during the penalty phase, so it was, you know, she didn't testify, but she was there as I guess when victims get to okay. speak. That 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 sort of period or maybe she just showed up maybe she actually didn't speak i don't have any uh, indication that she did um so the i think the defense's only witness was a psychiatrist named richard Rapport, and he testified that alcala's um, borderline personality disorder was the reason he had no memory of committing the murders but the prosecution argued that he was a sexual predator who knew what he was doing was wrong and didn't care Uh, In March of 2010, he was uh, sentenced to death once again uh, for the third time, and so far, so good. That has stuck. Um, The um, pictures I mentioned before um, all of those photos that they found in the locker room in March of 2010. So right after he was convicted, the Huntington beach and the New York city police department released 120 of those photos to the public in order to start, um, helping identify them to see if they could possibly be missing persons, um, or, you know, Jane Doe's like undeclared, uh, bodies, Um, There was over 900 photos that could not be released because they were too sexually explicit. Um, 21 women have come forward identifying themselves as of the printing of this article that it was from. Uh, And six families believe they recognize loved ones who disappeared years ago and were never found. There was only um, one woman that was actually connected to a missing person or unsolved murder in one of the photographs, and that was um, Christine Thornton, 28, Whose body was found in Wyoming in 1982? Uh, As of September 2016, 110 of those photos are still online, so you can go look at them and see if you identify anybody or have any information on those women.
0: The photos that weren't too sexually.
1: Yeah. So basically, they didn't put any of those sexual ones. So these are a lot of like headshot, hot headshot-looking ones. The ones I took.
0: These are all photographs he took. Mm -hmm.
1: So, they're basically trying to identify these women or yeah. seeing, I mean, it might not be anything. They could all, they're not necessarily all dead or. Or
0: runaways or, runaways, or kidnapped. Yeah.
1: Um, after he was convicted in 2010 in California, he was actually pursued by New York authorities for the murders of uh, Cornelia Criley, the TWA flight attendant, yeah. and Ellen Hover, the Ciro's heiress. Um, He was extradited to New York in June of 2012. He entered a not guilty plea on both counts, uh, but then he eventually did change the pleas to guilty, saying that he wanted to return to California and pursue his um, appeals on his death penalty conviction. Uh, He was sentenced to 25 years to life in uh, New York for those crimes. Um, But I think the California one uh, overrides everything. He also, in 2010, was named as a person of interest in the unsolved murders of Antoinette Whitaker, who was 13 at the time, uh, and Joyce Gaunt, 17-year-old, and that was in Washington State, Seattle, and he was up there at some point, as we know from the locker, um, etc. There are other cold cold cases that he's sort of targeted by in investigations, uh, more in California, New York, New Hampshire, and Arizona, in March of 2011, Marin County, California, which is north of San Francisco. Apollo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rachel's hometown. Um, they were pretty confident that Alcala was responsible for the 1977 murder of 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lamson who disappeared after um, going into San Francisco to Fisherman's Wharf to meet a man who offered to photograph her. Her body was found in Marin County near a hiking trail um, But police, there's no DNA or fingerprints or any uh, physical evidence like that. But I think she just fits a lot of the criteria. And he was in the area at the time. Well,
0: there was also uh, a murderer who was murdering young women on a trail in the 70s in Marin County. Oh, really? Yeah. The trailside killer, I think, was his name.
1: Um, And then, obviously, I mentioned before the Wyoming woman, Christine Ruth Thornton. Uh, She had disappeared in 1977, and she's pretty much the only one that a relative recognized her from a photo in his portfolio that Mm -hmm. the police posted online. And then with DNA um, evidence, they they matched tissue samples to her remains, so they kind of tied it all together. Alcala admitted that he took the photo, but he didn't admit to killing her, and she was also six months pregnant at the time of her death. Wow um so as I said before she's the first person who's actually been sort of found as a murder victim by those photos um and S- Alcala now is in his 70s and he said he was too ill to make the journey to kind of face uh, a trial on the death of Christine Thornton he is um as I said before on death row, and he's...
0: Um, he's in California. He's in
1: California at Corcoran, which is like a big state prison. Uh, so he was convicted for um, the five murders, the four additional victims, and the young girl, uh, Robin. Uh, he also has the 25 years to life sentence in New York, which is inconsequential. Um, he His true victim count has never really been figured out exactly um according to him he's killed between 50 and 100 women
0: he said he killed 50 and 100 women so he finally did admit
1: i guess like i saw this information that's what they're saying i don't know if i don't know exactly what if he finally is admitting it or who knows um just reporting or maybe i mean that's what it says it says according to him he claims this in this article i read um, as I said, there was like a lot of unifying things about the women. Um, the victims all ranged eight and 31. They were all women. Um, as I said, he usually, um, approached them with the promises of photography. He, he did the whole thing, the raping, beating, strangling, which he used several different things, uh, or sometimes with a blunt object, he would hit them. I mentioned the torturing, uh, and then he also I mentioned the last few ones that he posed them in positions
0: like the hillside stranglers.
1: Yeah. And then he also had the earring trophies. Right. For several of them. Um, so, yeah, he's he's still alive and he'll probably never be uh, put to death. I mean, he's he, he's yeah. in his 70s at this point. Um <laughs>
0: And he and has then, the mustache now. Is that his now current Now his hair, hair style? I think, is
1: short with the mustache, which is very Angela Bono, too. He, he kind of is connected to so Because he also kind of reminds me of Richard Ramirez because he's Hispanic. And he has that look with the long kind of wavy hair in the 70s. And cheekbones.
0: Yeah, he has like he the He has cheekbones, the Richard Ramirez But it's kind of like this Hillside Strangler, Bundy, Ramirez. It's a very 70s, mishmash. 80s Los Angeles right. serial killer. Um, and as
1: I mentioned before, there is a movie that you can watch online. I don't think i needed to put an id or a code in or anything it was on a discovery um investigation discovery yeah and it's called the dating game killer the um the guy from uh scandal huck his name is guillermo diaz p- plays him is he good it's pretty good i d- i only watched like the first 20 or so minutes right and then i i don't know how to do something <laughs> but i right. probably finish it uh it's
0: worth watching
1: I mean, it was fine. It's like a TV movie, you I love know. Bad I like TV kind movies. of bad TV movies too. That's totally my thing. I was thing. trying to watch The Deliberate Stranger the other day, but I couldn't find a version online. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I like I like bad true it. crime t- movies. I'm into it. So this is not too old. I mean, it's just from a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, you know, good enough. It was fine. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, the story is interesting. So. It is
0: interesting.
1: I'm definitely gonna try to check it out. Uh, or finish watching it, and I, I recommend it, I think.
0: I'm going to have a lot of fun posting the pictures this week.
1: And the clips, the video clips. And the
0: video clips. Yeah. I really need everyone to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Crime Scene. Right. Just so you guys can really see this guy's, like, the level. He has so many looks. He has so many different hairstyles. And they're
1: all very distinct, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the dating game clip will probably post. We could probably post it to Twitter. We'll post it on Twitter. Uh, and in the Facebook group, which yeah. you should definitely join. Which you should. Uh, and then also, please, if you have time, click some five stars for us on iTunes. Yeah. It really helps us. If I think we like finally us. broke 100
0: uh, We're at like 106 reviews. reviews right now. So, yeah,
1: it really helps. So if you could just even just click five stars. Like, it takes two seconds.
0: I also want to give a shout out to our friend, who uh would us this week
1: oh right yeah that was amazing thank uh, you that was
0: such a sweet note that you left us thank you so much you know who you are um i'm totally f- missing the name right now That's we'll get you call. on the
1: minisode
0: yeah we'll get you on the minisode because you were
1: yeah that was the a note, really nice the note
0: that you left us was so the sweet. subway right yeah, she was on the subway. She
1: listens to us on the subway. Yeah. So It was so
0: sweet. We thank like it. you. We're happy to
1: help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you. Thank you. Happy New happy Year. New Year.